back with the Fantasy Football Paydirt Podcast. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. But it wouldn't be a Fantasy Football Paydirt Podcast if it weren't for the Fantasy Football Guru. <laughs> you can hear all of his thoughts each week on our full episodes of the Fantasy Football Paydirt Podcast on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. And of course, you can hear, you can, actually, you can talk to him on a personal level, get his thoughts, get his in-depth analysis, and also his opinions on waiver wire pickups. I think last-minute trades are out of the picture at this point in time, so lineup changes, waiver wires, plus also how you can prepare your team for the upcoming fantasy football playoffs or how you can close out your season strong by going over to the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group. You join up, and over 200 other fantasy football fans are there to interact with you, along with the guy who runs it all. His name is Tyler Baker. What's going on, my friend? I'm doing well, buddy. How was your Thanksgiving? It was a lot of food. Uh, yes. A lot of eating, and then uh, the real holiday begins in Black Friday, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool, uh, man. It was it was good. I'm I'm thinking that this will probably be the best Black Friday for you know U.S. shoppers now out there in, in quite some time. So I think a lot of people were taking advantage of it, and just mm. uh, hoping everyone will have that translate into a happy and safe holiday out there for every one of our listeners and everyone out there as well. So. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, because Alibaba had their big thing in China uh, last week, and they had a really good shopping day too. So yeah, cool. It's going to be some good Christmases out there. My goodness. If Alibaba was over here in the way that Amazon, Walmart, Target was, I think my head would explode <laughs> right now. Because yes, they are the Amazon of, the, you know, of a great portion of the world out there. Mm -hmm. And if and when, they come here as a full-time entity, or I know they're trying to bleed into this marketplace. It's probably going to happen. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, they've got the money for it. So yeah. it, if they do, I'm telling you, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's funny how markets change. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, just here, take my wallet, please. Yeah. Yeah. Credit cards. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I saw that uh, Subway has hopped into the uh, food delivery service now. Ask everybody, and that's another thing. If right now, through the I guess through the holidays, Amazon, Target, Walmart, read them very carefully because you may be able to order over the phone, over mm. your computer, and it you can avoid any shipping charges with a lot of what they're what they're you know putting out there over the course nice. of the holiday season. So they're nice. all waiving their fees. You don't need to go Prime yeah. membership or anything like that. So that's really cool for everyone out there to spend more money well they're making it very very easy to spend more money even macy's had an app where you could check yourself out and pay yourself and just walk out of the store because they didn't want the crowds to turn people away so any way that they can find to sell you products they're just getting more and more innovative it's they really are cool. they are but they still got to have servers that's able to handle that type of output and you know i spoke of Walmart.com that crashed for me on Thursday. Yes. Uh -huh. I know also two other sites that we were using as well to buy stuff. They also crashed. So wow. that part of it, that end of it still has to get together. You know, they get their act together on some certain extent, especially midline and smaller entities, but even larger entities still have those issues with traffic. But 
once they get that situated out and make it a clean, you know, like, like you see in the commercials, just you walk in or you get a hand delivered to your car or everything like that all nice and funky because, you know, in real life, it still doesn't work like that yet. <laughs> but when it does, I'll tell you what, it's going to be an awesome thing for all of us shoppers out there. Yeah, well, bridging real life and fantasy, that's kind of what we do on the Fantasy Football Pater podcast on the PCC. I mean, that's kind of what we do. You know, we try to make that bridge. And there were some whatever games, but there were some good ones, too. Oh, we're, this is a fantasy football podcast? <laughs> I thought this was a <laughs> fantasy football shopping podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding out there, everyone. It was a great weekend in the NFL as far as a lot of games that did produce some big-time running and mm-hmm. some historic passing as well. So it was actually a pretty good weekend for fantasy football owners out there. But I'm going to start focusing first on what you had mentioned real briefly before we came on the air in the humongously large arena known as the StubHub Center in <laughs> Los Angeles. You know, all kidding aside, they've got a great team down there, and I hope they yes. I heard on the radio during the course of the game that season tickets for 2018 were sold out at the StubHub Center. And I was like to myself, huh, all 10 of them? That's great. <laughs> great job. But anyways, anyways, and they're all going to the opposite team. All, all to the opposite team. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I was commenting to a family member tonight that I've been to StubHub to watch the Chargers play. And it's a really, really good place to watch a football game. It's it's super small. It's a soccer stadium. What does it seat like? 32,000 or 33,000 or something like that? It's, it's very intimate. And that's it, the problem in the NFL. You can't have an intimate stadium. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, nobody in L.A. wants the Chargers there. And it's really a shame because they're a really good football team. Like, they are they on both sides of the ball. They're playing really well. They are now 8-3. and three. So in the AFC, you have... The divisions aren't quite locked up yet, but, you know, we're getting there. And then, you know, the Chargers are going to get one of those playoff spots. So the other playoff spot is going to be probably down to the wire because we all know the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. But the Chargers are right there at eight and three. They're a really good team. Phillip Rivers. Oh, my gosh. The guy had one incomplete pass. Like, that is absolutely incredible. He was 28 for 29. It is the highest percentage all time for a game for anyone over 20 pass completions. Oh, incredible. Incredible. 259 yards, three touchdowns. And then you have Melvin Gordon. He only scored a couple touchdowns (laughs) today. Now, note about Melvin Gordon. He did. He has an MCL injury. They're not saying if it's a sprain or a tear. It's pretty much the same thing, but we don't know what that timeline is going to be. It looks like he's going to miss at least one game. They almost held him out of this game because you know the Arizona Cardinals really aren't scaring anybody. He actually uh, petitioned the coaching staff to let him play, and maybe they're regretting it now. So even if it's just missing one week, I would expect Austin Eckler his primary backup to get quite a bit of work, at least for the rest of the season, because they're going to want Melvin Gordon. They're going to want him healthy for a deep playoff run this year. Because they are prepared for it. I think everybody out there, including the 10 fans that are out there that are supporting (laughs) the Los Angeles Chargers, they need to go ahead and prepare themselves for the playoffs because it is definitely shaping up like that. They're eight and three. They're what? 
second or excuse me, they're third in the AFC mm-hmm. right around there. They've mm-hmm. got a very strong uh, outlook to close out the season. Tell you what, they are looking good. To me, they remind me so much, and the analogies are there and the parallels are there of the NBA with the Clippers. They came up from San Diego. They were moved up here to L.A. They were put in the Los Angeles Sports Arena, which if you've been to Los Angeles Sports Arena, it's not the or it wasn't the wasn't the most pleasant place to play or play, you know, the arena as it was. And the crowds reflected that it wasn't very highly attended. The team didn't do well for a long period of time. But you know what? Things are looking great for them. They're one of the top teams right now in the NBA. And so is the Chargers when it comes to the NFL. So anybody out there who has Austin Eckler or also if Melvin Gordon is going to be out an extended period of time, that and Phillip Rivers is so efficient right now. You may want to even focus and double down more on the receivers that they have. There's like three or four that you can use as a viable fantasy option in Los Angeles. Yeah, it is really difficult gauging the receivers there. You know they like to throw to Mike Williams around the end zone. Tyrell Williams, but unfortunately he can kind of disappear sometimes. Right, right. Keenan Allen is the steady guy there. And then Travis Benjamin is there. You know, he's kind of a big play guy. He's not going to get a lot of targets. It is going to be difficult. Antonio Gates was looking like a much younger version of himself last week. I know that they didn't use him a lot, only one target, but he caught it for 18 yards. So if they do end up passing more, it's going to be a little difficult nailing down who is going to be the recipient of that. But that's really part of why Philip Rivers is so good because he can use, he has a lot of weapons to use and it's going to be very game plan specific. The only one that you can count on is going to be Keenan Allen. You're going to count on Austin Eckler, whether Melvin Gordon plays or not. And then You know, Mike Williams is kind of one of those dart throws that he might not get a lot of targets, but he had two touchdowns. You got to love that. Travis Benjamin, you know, three targets, caught all three of them for 47 yards. So being without Melvin Gordon, the and and I also want to touch on that. Not only is Austin Eckler going to be your primary ball carrier, but he Mm -hmm. is still a humongous part of that pass offense. He got 11 targets. 10 receptions mm-hmm. that's uh, you know that's a lot of production there on both ends which could be very enticing for fantasy football owners yes next week on monday night they go into pittsburgh <laughs> that's going to be a tough one but both of these offenses can put up numbers both of these defenses can play well that's going to be an interesting interesting game on monday night next week but yeah don't count on melvin gordon playing austin eckler should be owned in every league but if he's not you definitely want to pick him up on waivers this week we'll be right back with more of the fantasy football pater podcast looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game then check out Vitabrace high performance gamer wristbands Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speed run or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. 
Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Couple more I want to talk about when it comes to the running back position because this was a good day for running backs. Mm-hmm. I know you and I all season have lamented on the, I guess, disappointing running back position as far as the consistency, not mm-hmm. only at a top level, but an overall level in regards to the number of individuals out there that are consistently able to provide their team with rushing yards. But we've got a lot of great ball carrying out there as far as a lot of good running yards. I think I'm going to start off with what we got in Carolina because yes, they did lose the game, but Christian McCaffrey did provide a key part of their team's offense from both a rushing and receiving. And if you have them on your team this week, you'll be very happy that you did. Yeah. If you have Christian McCaffrey, I'm pretty certain you're in the playoff run (laughs) in the hunt for a playoff spot in your fantasy league. But this is an example of an offense forming a game plan around one player. Now I had questions about him, especially last season as an in-between the tackles player. He wasn't very good in between the tackles last year. He wasn't strong enough. And for all of his speed and quickness, he really lacked strength in his rookie year. He did work out in the off season and he's showing this year with better acceleration and more strength that he's much more capable as an in-between the tackles runner. He's only gotten better in the passing game. 11 targets, 11 receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown. Oh, and he had 17 rushes for 125 yards and a touchdown on the ground. This offense is really featuring Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So I, looking... I will advise, though, he is a fumbler of the of the football. So he, you, if you take him, if you have him on your team and you start him, be aware that there might be one or two fumbles per game when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, even with all that production. Yeah, I, well, one or two fumbles per game is a lot. But you did see him fumble three times, and you know what? They kept featuring in the ball. When you get really nervous is when a player fumbles and he sees the bench for a series or two. That's not happening with Christian McCaffrey. C.J. Anderson, if he's even seen the field this year, I don't, I don't know about it. He's nowhere on the stat sheets. So it is Christian McCaffrey, and that's it. So looking forward to next season, he is going to be a top running back next year. I mean, it's going to be Saquon Barkley, and it's probably going to be Christian McCaffrey number two. Speaking of Saquon Barkley, he also mm-hmm. produced very well today. You think he is going to be the number one running back in the NFL for fantasy football owners next year that people are going to be targeting on? I know we did earlier in the season, but I want to be you for you to be able to interpret why that is because there are running backs. We've talked about Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. We've talked about so many other running backs that are out there over the course of the season. Christian McCaffrey just now. Why is Saquon Barkley proving to be so special and why do you think he will already be targeted by fantasy football owners for next year's draft as the number one option well i think he's the best running back in the nfl and you don't have to watch a whole lot of his game film to see that he's so fast he's so powerful he is elusive he can finish runs as good as anybody and this team in this year's draft they could have gone in 
different directions, but they went with Saquon Barkley, and you can understand why, because now they have an absolute blue-chip player for really cheap that they can start building a franchise around. This team has seen Barkley be everything that they wanted him to be. I think going into the draft that they're going to, yes, they need a quarterback, but they also need help on that offensive line. The more that they build up that offensive line, the better the running game's going to be. And this offense especially if they can get a better quarterback, has so many weapons in the passing game that this could be a very, very well-balanced offense. And teams are not going to be able to stack the box against Saquon Barkley when you have Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. And I don't know what happened to Evan Ingram. I think he just fell off a cliff because it was Rhett Ellison that was uh, getting all the tight end work. But as far as why already I'm considering Saquon Barkley as the number one running back next year. It's a combination of things. One, it's the raw talent. I don't think there's that there's a more talented, physically talented running back in the NFL than Saquon Barkley. And I've watched a lot of Le'Veon Bell film. I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is better than Saquon Barkley. He's certainly more refined in the passing game. And, and Le'Veon Bell has a, has a very unique running style that other running backs just can't mimic. But for Barkley, it's a combination of that physical ability and then also being a second-year player in New York. They know what they have in him, and I think I think that New York is really going to support Saquon Barkley, and, and he's going to be even more involved in the game plan next year. Now, that's a lot of speculation, but they know what they have in him, and he has put the team on his back. And while they're not winning a lot of games, he sure is showing the coaching staff the front office, and the fans in New York who the best player on that team is. Because you don't see Saquon Barkley getting into fights with kicking nets. No, that's that you don't. That you don't. Uh, you don't have to pat you don't you don't have to pat Saquon Barkley's ego on the sidelines after every series that doesn't go your way. <laughs> I th- I think I think fans in New York know who the best player on that team is. And to someone who knows a certain Giants fan who's actually appeared on this show in ah, Chris Ardieri, and shout ah. out to him of Inside Sports and check out their great show each and every week when they come on the air. I will ask you this. Do you think Eli Manning, you know, I don't want to say he's he's really had an improvement over the past weeks when we considered him dead, yes. buried. Yeah. What, he has a little bit. But only because he's been so egregiously awful. Like, he's not as bad. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, Giants fans will take any improvement, you know. But there have been flashes of like, oh, yeah, that is Eli Manning. He, he, can, he can do some things. But do you um, think it's enough things that will be going forward for another season as a New York Giant? Or do you think they need to move into a different direction to maximize all those offensive weapons that they have? in Beckham Jr., and obviously Saquon Barkley. Yeah, the writing is on the wall. I don't know the franchise well enough to speculate as to how they're going to try to fill that void at quarterback, but it was a need this past year. They just they just were not able to address it in a way that they could get rid of Eli. But I do think that that's going to be a very high priority going into this next draft is they're going to have to find a better answer at quarterback than Eli Manning. Another running back who did well is in New England. One of the revolving door, as far mm-hmm. as it's concerned, has now revolved into Sonny Michelle. Again, 
proving that he could be in the long term one of the best options, if not the best option in New England with over 130 yards this weekend and a touchdown. Your thoughts on the revolving door in New England. Is it finally going to stop and finally going to settle in with Fars as long as he stays healthy, Sonny Michelle being the best option going forward for New England? Yeah, Belichick is very good about developing game plans and finding the personnel on his team to best attack an opponent. I think Sonny Michelle is the best running back on that team. Now, Rex Burkhead, I believe he's going to be activated from IR this week. I don't know if he necessarily plays this week. It depends, of course, on what kind of shape he's in. But he is going to be coming back, and you will see packages and plays with Rex Burkhead. It could even mean when they get down on the goal line that Michelle and White will come off the field and you'll see some Burkhead. So that's a little bit concerning if you're a Sony Michelle owner. But for the first time in a long time, there's a running back in New England that you feel comfortable playing. And, and it just hasn't been that way. But they put a lot of draft capital in Sonny Michelle, and the rookie has shown that he was worth it. And so I would feel comfortable playing him, but just know with Burkhead coming back, it's going to muddy the waters a little bit, but not to the point, I think, where you're going to want to bench Sonny Michelle. And he's one of those few running backs out there that you can kind of depend on from week to week. Another one that popped up just a couple weeks ago and Nick Chubb carried the ball 28 times. I mean, that is workhorse good numbers. Now, the game script certainly helped that. Just the fact that any running back is getting 28 carries is very, very encouraging. In today's NFL, he also added a couple catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. So he had two touchdowns today. So Nick Chubb is another one that if you were fortunate enough to get him off of the waiver wire, you're going to feel comfortable about playing him every single week. And then another guy that kind of popped on the scene there in Baltimore, Gus Edwards. Now, do keep in mind that Alex Collins was, was out for this game with injury and it's Lamar Jackson and he is still kind of finding his way in the NFL. He did pass a little bit more in this game, but Gus Edwards, 23 carries, 118 yards. So it looks like they want to go to him. Now, there's a lot of questions around this offense. You know, what happens when Collins comes back? I don't think he eats into Edwards. I think Edwards is the main guy there, you know, and they still have Ty Montgomery, who they brought on just about a month ago, you know, so it could be that, you know, they start getting him more involved. And then what happens when Joe Flacco's healthy? Do you take Lamar Jackson out? I don't know. He's won two games for him in a row. Now, granted, you know, it's A.B. Oakland, and, you know, that's nothing you really want to want to brag too much about. Last week, they beat a divisional opponent in the Cincinnati Bengals. So on a two-game winning streak, do you even put Flacco back in? And if he comes in, what happens with Gus Edwards? Yeah, so, so there's a bit of a question mark there, even though we're seeing a running back that is, that is getting the bulk of the work. You know, this offense is still a little bit in flux. So not too sure about what that outlook is because it could change. But if you picked up Gus Edwards and you do have a need at, at your running back to or flex position, he's certainly a viable option. We'll be right back with more of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where 
Here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. You dirty dog. You took away my, uh, as far as Nick Chubb, my uh, next in line question for you in regards to what we we're going to talk about. But you know what? I'll let it slip for just this one time. <laughs> but yes, but I, it's, it's, you called it's, it. You actually called it some time ago before even there was a trade involved that cleared the way that gave him the starting spot when he was only getting one or two touches a game. You were actually calling about his potential, and I just want to compliment you that it looks like it's paying off and paying off in spades. Well, now that's another guy next year that is going to require probably a second-round draft pick, and Nick Chubb could could even go in the first round, you know, depending on, on how he plays out the season. And Hugh Jackson is gone, and now Cleveland's offense is actually doing things. Baker Mayfield, everybody looks better. Like, And, you know, everybody loves Hugh Jackson, but he was stifling that offense. And Hugh Jackson is now coaching with the uh, Bengals, so <laughs> he got to see firsthand on the field how much better the team could be when he just take the reins off of some of these guys. Another running back situation in Denver where, you know, they have a couple rookies there. And based on what I saw, Philip Lindsay is far and above the better back to Royce Freeman. So I did get that one a little bit wrong when Lindsay was really coming on at the beginning of the year. I said, hey, you know, hold your horses. I think, you know, it's still Freeman's backfield, but there will be some of a. Uh, um, uh, you know, somewhat of a timeshare there. It seems like it really has flipped towards Philip Lindsay. He looks like a very solid choice. I actually have him on one of my teams. I picked him up and I thought he would be a very solid output. I didn't know he would be getting to be approaching this level. I didn't know he would be approaching this level. He's a very solid option for fantasy football owners out there. Receiving wise, he doesn't seem like he's going to help you much, but as far as a running option, at least for the long term. He is going to be someone that I think a lot of fantasy football owners need to keep an eye on for next year as a very solid running back option. Once again, it is Tyler Baker and me, Gerald Glassford, from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. You got to catch our full episodes each and every week on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. All right, my friend, it's getting down to the nitty gritty. We're wrapping Mm -hmm. up the latter part of the regular season here, and a lot of teams are doing one thing or the other. They're preparing their team for the playoffs, Mm -hmm. or they're trying to figure out what went wrong and how not to make the same mistakes twice when it comes to next season. So we'll start off with how, in this case, how not to make the same mistake twice for next weekend. And you know what? We're going to go ahead and talk to you about what your tips are, because I'm going to give you some time to think about it, the tips that you go through that you need to give out there to people on what to prepare for when it comes to the playoffs. But 
let's say you're on the outside looking in and it looks like mm-hmm. no shot. Like in our fantasy football Pater podcast league, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's me. I'm on the outside. Mm-hmm. I'm knocking on the door. I'm like, I would like to come in. Unfortunately, <laughs> I cannot. Be, yeah. um, so I have to dominate my other league instead. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. <laughs> the glass is half empty and half full. But I yeah. will say this. Uh, there is a lot of things that – a, a lot of fantasy football owners are going through when they see their team is doing so poorly, a lot of given up, a lot of are just demotivated and, and just really just having a poor time of it. What do you say to those people out there that, you know, still want to go ahead and say, Hey, look, I'm going to try and give it maybe one more shot next year to see mm-hmm. if I can build a better team. What are the steps that you go through at the end of a season to maybe give yourself some motivation so that you can try and take those things forward into next season of fantasy football? Sure. Well, I was even having a conversation this evening with a family member. It was his first time playing and he didn't make the playoffs. And I told him flat out, I said, the first year that you play fantasy football, you're just learning how it works. You're just learning how to set a lineup. You're learning how to, how to use the app. You're getting a feel for fantasy football. So that first year, there's a really big learning curve. Then even after that, it I takes... Gotta, you know, I got to interrupt here. Um, uh-huh. Way back when in the 90s, when I first played, I think I won my championship Oh no! It happens. It happens, and I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> no, no, that's a bragger. Uh, sure, sure, sure. So that first year, there's a really big learning curve. You're most likely not going to make the playoffs, and then even after that, it takes a couple of years to kind of fine tune. It takes a couple of years to get used to the players' names and how to value players, and and there's just a lot of nuance in it. And every single year you can learn something. I know every year I learn something about fantasy football and I, and I've been playing for over a decade. So every year you learn something. So if you didn't make the playoffs, don't take it too hard. And and you mentioned the league that we have for the podcast. Now, those that are in the league notice that I manage two teams there's kind of a reason for that and kind of a real neat experiment that I want to talk about. There was one team that I drafted. Now the team that I drafted, I'm in either fifth or sixth place and, you know, kind of teetering. Uh, well, well, no, actually I'm in fourth place because only four teams go to the playoffs, but I'm really kind of teetering, like barely holding on to a playoff spot, but I'm second in points. I'm second overall in the points, which indicates that, Hey, I just caught some bad breaks. Now, the team that I drafted, that auto-drafted, that I also managed, it's in first place. Now, I made some tweaks to it, but the auto-draft method brought me Melvin Gordon. So there were some, you know, there, there were some really good players on it. But it just goes to show that there is some luck involved. Now, it's just unlucky that I have a team that's second in points where I only have, what, six wins, I think? So, you know, there's a little bit of luck involved. So you might have put you're all into it and tried really hard and you just didn't make the playoffs. That's okay. Fantasy football is a heartbreaker. If you don't like getting your heart broken, don't play it, but it makes the victories so much better. So if your team is not where you would have wanted it to be at this point in the season, 
learn from it. You know, figure out what you can learn from it and what you can take into next season because now you have a whole year of watching the league and watching these players. So when you go into next season, you'll have a foundation of, okay, I remember who these players were last year. Now, teams change, situations change. Some players just have weird breakout years that are just not repeatable. Those things you'll learn years down the road. But learn from this season. And did you have fun? Did you have fun playing fantasy football? Now, it's way more fun when you win than when you lose. But chances are you still had fun. And don't let a bad season discourage you from playing again next year. Now, as far as, you know, what to do if you're in the playoffs and you're looking forward to getting into the playoffs, there are some things that you can do to give you a better shot in the playoffs. One of those would be if you're able to play three running backs a week, you don't need five, six running backs on your roster unless you have some viable, really good ones that, you know, you're just going to play the mashups. I would recommend for your top running backs, go ahead and picking up the handcuffs. I have Melvin Gordon in a couple of leagues, and in all but one of them, I have Austin Eckler. And for a, <laughs> and you can look at this week as the reason why it looks like Melvin Gordon may miss some time. Thank God I have his backup. So if you have a guy like Saquon Barkley, that is, you know, your RB1, you're starting him every week, you may want to use one of your bench spots to go get Wayne Gallman because if Barkley goes down, you're going to want somebody that you can plug in and try to get that production out of. Whereas at this point in the season, you're not going to find a whole lot on the waiver wire. So backing up your stud running backs is probably a really good way to prepare your roster for the playoffs. I also tend to kind of stack up on defenses because the playoffs is, you know, anywhere from a four to a three week process there. And if you can go ahead and, and identify some defenses that have a good matchup, maybe on one of those weeks in, in the playoffs, it's a really good time to go ahead and get that defense on your roster. So, you know, backing up your stud running backs, handcuffing receivers really doesn't work the way that it does with running backs. If you have a premier quarterback at this point, if you have a Mahomes or a Breeze, you probably don't need a backup quarterback at this point. You'll be able to find someone on the wa waiver wire if it goes really bad. So little things like that, if you're kind of shaky at a position, like if you're shaky at tight end and you're all but streaming at this point, which a lot of teams are, I am in a couple of leagues streaming for the most part, you might want to use those roster spots, those bench spots to bring a couple tight ends. So just preparing your roster for the playoffs is a really good way to make sure that when you're in the playoffs and something bad happens, you'll be able to at least stay competitive. Now, one thing I want to ask you real quick, enlighten everybody out there, because I'm familiar with the lingo, but please let everybody know out there that may not be as familiar. Like you said, with especially if they're first time or mm -hmm. very new to the fantasy football scene of the practice known as streaming. Streaming is when you pretty much just play the matchups. And this happens a lot on defense. 
<laughs> I highly recommend not spending high draft capital on a defense. So what will happen is throughout the season, from week to week, you'll go out on the waiver wire and find a defense that has a good matchup. You know, like maybe a team that's playing the Jets or the Bills or, you know, one of these offenses that, or if a you, you see that a team, their quarterback gets hurt and they have a backup playing, you know, you might want to identify that defense that's playing them and go ahead and roster them and play them for that week. But streaming is when you pretty much fill a starting position from the waiver wire every week. I do it quite a bit with defenses. I've done it some with tight end this season, but I know really, really good fantasy players that will stream quarterbacks. They, they will put all of their draft capital in running backs, wide receivers, tight end skill positions, and kind of pretty much not draft a quarterback until really late and then end up streaming them through the season. It's a viable strategy. And Remember this season, Philip Rivers was going really, really late. <laughs> and I managed to get him in some leagues because I was putting all that draft capital into wide receivers and running backs. And I think that that's a really good strategy. And some of the best fantasy players that I know, they wait on a quarterback. Another little bit of lingo that I mentioned, the handcuff. Handcuff is when you have a running back and you also have his backup running back on your team. Well, let's take Melvin Gordon, for instance. Melvin Gordon got hurt this week. It looks like he's definitely not going to play next week, and it could be a little bit longer. His handcuff would be Austin Eckler. So if Melvin Gordon is not able to go, his backup Austin Eckler will come in. And you can expect maybe not the same production, but you can expect a lot of volume from a running back in a, in a system that uses the running back a lot. Now, some teams don't use the running back a lot, or there's just not someone with a talent level behind the starter that is worth rostering. An example might be Matt Breida at this point. If you have Matt Breida, are you going to handcuff Matt Breida? Probably not. I mean, Alfred Morris was an inactive today. You know, there's nobody behind him on the roster that is going to get the type of workload that he does. So handcuffing is a really good way to have security on your team. Now, I don't recommend handcuffing wide receivers because, you know, at, at any point in an NFL game, there's two, three wide receivers on the field. So handcuffing them is just not as effective as it is for running back. And handcuffing also doesn't work for quarterbacks. So if you have Tom Brady, you don't want to roster his backup quarterback on your on on your roster because if Brady misses a game, you're probably better off going to the waiver wire to pick up a quarterback that could start for you if in the unfortunate event that, that Brady can't go. We'll be right back with more of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. I've tried different systems over the years. I know one that I found successful for me was actually I loaded up on quarterbacks 
And the reason why I've told you before is that sometimes I go ahead and use some invaluable trades. There's injuries. I've got some quality backups to look at, some viable options. And that as it gets toward the end of the year, I go ahead and maybe discard one or two of those quarterbacks that I know. And if I've got a certain quarterback, I'm going to be able to utilize throughout the rest of the season. Some things work for me. Some systems have not. I've tried other various types of deals and whatnot. No one system, and this is what I'm going to tell everybody out there, that no one system works every single year the way you use it. Absolutely. It it just doesn't work that way. And that's why when you're getting ready for the draft, if somebody comes out and says, well, the winning formula is to draft running back, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end do that every time. It just doesn't work like that. It just depends on how your draft goes. And you mentioned picking up quarterbacks and using them as trade bait. If you're in a league where they like to trade a lot, because I'm in leagues, I'm I'm in a league, I get two trade requests a week. These guys like to have fun. They like to wheel and deal. And I love that. Trades make fantasy football more fun. I also play in leagues where there's not one trade the entire season. You know, so if you're in a league where you know that guys are going to be trading, it's a viable strategy to get a couple quarterbacks early and use them as trade bait, kind of see where the chips fall and try to do that. It's a viable strategy, but you really need to know your league and you need to know that you're playing in a league that trades a lot. Because what I've found is if I go what's called zero QB, and that means that you don't spend high draft capital on a quarterback, I did that in a couple leagues this year. And what I ended up doing is towards the end of the draft, I would stack to uh, usually three quarterbacks so that you know three of the best quarterbacks are available and then just kind of play the matchups because the strength of your team is going to be in that early draft capital. And if you choose to spend that early draft capital on running backs and wide receivers and you know maybe one of the top tight ends, then you're not going to have room to get one of those top quarterbacks. And I have a couple teams where I took the zero QB strategy this year and it's paid off. For me, the key is adaptation. Yes. You have to go ahead and adapt to what is going on during the course of that season. Is there a lot of injuries? Is it more towards a passing game? Is it more towards a running game? Mm -hmm. What you need to do is be aware of your waiver wire, be aware of your lineups, be aware of changes going on in the NFL, and being able to adapt to what's going on in the league. That, to me, I think is the biggest key when it comes to any type of format or system that you utilize because you can't just go ahead and draft and be done with it. That's mm-hmm. not going to work and it no. never seems and never seems to work over the course of a 16 game NFL <laughs> season. And anybody Absolutely. who does is probably the luckiest person on earth because there's too many variables, benchings, injuries, other changes that are going on, suspensions, anything that can come out of the woodwork at any point in time adaptation to me is the key to going ahead and having a successful fantasy football season and getting the most information, not only from places like us, but from other resources Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree. And that is where experience will really help you to be able to adapt. Remember that first year that you play, you know, you're probably not going to find success unless you're Gerald Glassford. You're probably not going to find a lot of success, but As you learn and as you begin to see what works and what doesn't work, that experience will help you be more adaptable. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because you have to be adaptable 
in your fantasy football draft. You have to be adaptable throughout the season because things change. <laughs> I mean, things change. We, you know, coming into this season, Carlos Hyde is is worth not a whole lot now. I, I mean, except for when Leonard Fournette gets himself kicked out of a game, you know, but there are some guys that required really high draft capital at, at the beginning of the season, and they're just not worth much now. And then you also have guys that weren't even drafted, like a, a Philip Lindsay or a, or, a, or a Nick Chubb or a Gus Edwards, that through circumstance and a different situations and injuries suddenly become relevant in the middle of the season. So you have to be adaptable and you have to have good sources of information because you need to know before you set your waivers on Tuesday, who's valuable, who's not, how teams are changing, how injuries are affecting how teams can implement their offenses. And yeah, it's all about adaptability. My friend, it was another great weekend in the NFL. Looking forward to another week coming up again as we prepare for the playoff stretch. It's looking like another great fantasy football season is coming to a exciting climax. And I'll tell you what, it's just great having you give your knowledge out there to everyone on what's going on, well, with shopping and, of course, <laughs> everything going on with the fantasy football season right here at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, my friend. Well, well, the waiver wire is pretty much shopping, <laughs> you know. So if you have Elvin Gordon, you're probably going to do some shopping this week on the waiver wire. If you had Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack is banged up. Is he going to be able to start next week? I don't know. That's worth keeping an eye on. If you're a Marlon Mack owner, you might be shopping for Jordan Wilkins this week. So you know, shopping and fantasy football. And the trade period is probably already done. So you're not going to do a whole lot of bargaining and wheeling and dealing, but you still have to be adaptable even in the uh, latter parts of the season, getting ready for the playoffs. Absolutely. And of course, listening to us here at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, and of course, checking into the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast group and answering all your questions is what it's all about. My friend, it's just so great as always to have you part of the show checking out everything that's going on in week 12 in the NFL. Looking forward to talking more this weekend on the Friday edition of the PCC Multiverse with you, as always. Looking forward to it. Just so great to have you a part of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. And, of course, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.